Hey guys, check this out. I am officially now sponsored by Dubby. Dubby is a clean energy drink made to give you focus with no crash. If you guys are like me, you're always needing a burst of energy, especially with one with no crash. Dubby contains vitamins, amino acids, a nootropic, and 150 milligrams of caffeine. It keeps me awake with no jitters, guys. Check it out. Merch link is in the bio. Dubby. Podcasting out of Alliance Wrestling Studios, pontificating on pro wrestling, the innovator of talk NWA, he is Oh, it'd help if I would actually close the screen down. Jeez, Jay, what are you, an amateur? Now it won't go away. <laughs> hey, Mikey, what's going on, buddy? Hello, sir. Good to see you. Hey, there everybody. Let, let me do the official uh, greeting now that I have the screen right. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in to Sessions with Jay Cal, where I, Jay Cal, talk to one of your favorite wrestlers, one of my favorite wrestlers. And what we do is we, well, we we just talk and have a good time and talk about wrestling and, and all the fun stuff. And so with me today is somebody who, I mean, if you look at Mikey O'Shea, you watch Mikey O'Shea in the ring, he's a guy that's having some fun. And uh, I, I mean, it's infectious, man. Uh, you have a good time when you're out there. Tell me what it's like, man, being in uh, in wrestling. What is it like fulfilling this dream of yours that you've had since, uh, since you were a young man? Well, um. I first became a wrestling fan legitimately. Like, before I became a wrestling fan, I would run into WWF shows when I was a kid because they would normally come on after Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And Wait, wait, wait. Was, what Ranger were you? Which, which, who was your guy? Oh, Tommy. Without Tommy a doubt. Tommy for sure, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, God rest his soul. I wish I took the time to go see him, but I re- that's one of my regrets in, in my life. Um, gone too soon. But yeah, uh, I, I digress. Um, WWF would come on right after my work Power Rangers, and um, I uh, would sit back sometimes and watch it. And the first time I ever watched a wrestling match, it was I don't know if it was WrestleMania 9, but I remember it being Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez. Oh, god, and and, and, you, and you stuck around after that? Well, I was a kid, I didn't know, I didn't know any better, I, I didn't know the psychology of professional wrestling at the time. Sure. Um, I was just amazed by how they looked more than anything right. else. And of course I thought Giant Gonzalez actually looked like that. I was like, yeah. I was like, that dude's I was like built, a, man. Look at him. <laughs> I was like a four or five or six year old kid at the time. Oh, so like, okay. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, then I legit became a wrestling fan in the middle of 2000 during the dying days of uh, the attitude era. Okay. And my friends were telling me the Undertaker's back. You should watch SmackDown. And I'm like, What's SmackDown? Because I thought, <laughs> I thought WWF shows were called WWF. Right, right. So I sat down for my first two-hour show, and I got immediately hooked. Like, wow, two hours of this a week? Because I'm so used to watching Dragon Ball Z, right. where the entire episode is them powering up. Yeah. Not, not even getting to the fight. And then you got to wait the next week to watch <laughs> the, the next episode. So, so I, this the whole anime. The whole, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. 
I was gonna say the whole anime thing kind of like I, I don't know if I was too old or if it just it just didn't didn't reach me, but I never really got into anime. But I know what you're talking about with the whole like the whole episode where he's like changing colors, right? Right, yeah. And uh right. they were only a half an hour long. So when I watched SmackDown for the first time, like wow, two hours of this, and it's like nonstop action backstage in the ring, etc. I was immediately hooked. And um, then I found out about Raw. I'm like, wow, four hours of this? <laughs> and then it just kept on going from there. I accidentally ran into Jack. I accidentally watched Sunday Night Heat. I'm like, wow. <laughs> so that's when I fell in love with wrestling. After a year of being a fan, going to Arrowhead Pond of Anaheim, now known as the Honda Center, watching TLC3, I looked at my friend with my first ever WWE t-shirt I ever got, thanks to my parents, Dead Man Inc., The Undertaker. Um, I'm like, that's what I want to do. And it took me a while to understand what independent wrestling was. I sure. went, I, I went to January, 2008. I went to PWG for the first and only time. Um, and then I finally found a wrestling school and I trained for 15 months. And I remember like when I finally found out that there's a wrestling school nearby me, I literally woke up like six o'clock in the morning, going to a dojo only two miles away from me. And I was excited like i like nobody was there yet but i peeked through the, <laughs> I peeked through the window and i saw a wrestling ring i'm like there's a wrestling school two miles away from me i'm like i was just so excited um and i started training from there 15 months later i had my first match september 26 2009 and i've been doing i've been doing this ever since i never really took a break outside of covid and um right last year i didn't get a major knee injury, but I did mess up my knee pretty bad. So I literally legitimately had to take like two months off. And even then I should not have went back in the ring, but I couldn't help myself. Um, and uh, yeah, this is, this was my calling in life. I just love doing it. So let's, let's back up a little bit. Let's go back to your fandom as a kid, right? Or as a teenager, I'm, I'm guessing teenager, the first yeah, time yeah. you were at the Honda center, the, the Arrowhead pond, you said the, the TLC, what year was that? That was 2001, literally the SmackDown after Judgment Day 2001. Um, Benoit, Jericho just won the tag team titles, and the main event was a Fatal 4-Way TLC match. Benoit, Jericho, Hardys, Dudley's, and Edge and Christian. And I just loved – that was the third wrestling show I went to after being a fan, and I just loved the atmosphere of being able to go on adventures to different arenas and being yeah. surrounded by – thousands of fans and having that power to make people get away from the harsh reality of life and let them live a little for a couple of hours and either make them hate you or make them love you. <laughs> when, when, so that was like your third show, like had, had they all like, been WWE shows then? Cause at that point I don't think uh WCW yeah. was pretty much gone. Right. No, the sad thing is I knew I, so the only thing I knew about WCW before they got bought out and they, before they died was I accidentally came across the time Goldberg beat Raven for the United States title. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. and But unfortunately, I didn't stay up enough to watch it because back in the day, I was a little kid and my bed, even if, uh, if I was away from school, my bedtime was like early at night. Um, and... Uh, the WCW NWO Revenge game on the N64. That was a badass game. That was a fun game, man. Who did you use on that? Who was your guy? So when I was in the 90s, I loved ninjas. Okay. 
like whether it's movies or shows. I still um, love ninjas, but go ahead. And uh, the WCW N64 games, they had I forgot his name on the game, but the first, but the the N64 and uh, WCW games had a ninja character on was it. Was it the AKI man? No, that's that was a secret character. Okay. They actually had somebody dressed. I don't know if he was a legit wrestler or he was just a a, a random character they made on the video game. But was I would he, always pick. I think Sorry. that was like the 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 bootleg of Great Sasuke. Probably, maybe I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm now now I'm gonna go find it later and and I'll I'll send you a message and let you know who you were playing as when you were a, a youngster. So. Yes. <laughs> Your first, okay, so similarly to you, I grew up with wrestling, but, like, it was never a break for me. I grew up watching when I was, like, five years old. I remember the first WrestleMania, right, because I'm old. And uh, and uh, it's it's when you said your first live show was a WWE show, the first wrestling show I went to was at my high school. It was an nice. indie show. My, my first real wrestling show was an indie show. Growing up, I never went to a WWE event until, like, I was a teenager. So my first my first show was an indie show, and the only guy that you would know, and you might not even know him, um, and I'm now I'm blanking on his name, but um, oh gosh, oh, man, now I feel like an idiot. Uh, Sorry about life, man. It's okay. Yeah, well, we'll we'll skip that part. But uh, there was one guy on the card who actually was still wrestling in the indies when I started watching indies as a as a young man. Uh, you yeah. know young adults. And I was always like, wow, that's, I, I watched you when I was like 12. <laughs> so that's, that's funny. That's exactly how I felt about guys like Gangrel, Paul London. And then um, you're tag teaming with them. And now I, we won tag team titles uh, one time, but like, it's funny. It's it during WrestleMania week this year. Um, I went to go wrestle for comp in Los Angeles. And the main, the, one of the main events was Paul London, um wrestling and when i got there he immediately saw me because we, he was actually we actually knew each other um he believe it or not he was actually there for my first ever match by wow. pure accident pure accident he came to the show and um it was just crazy because like wow he, he just recently got released from wwe and now he's here hanging out watching my first ever match and then at the main event he started playing dig dug <laughs> because he wasn't <laughs> interested in the main events um i digress uh when i got there and he saw me he immediately because we haven't seen each other in a while he ran up to me and just like bear hugged me and he told me i love your tiktoks and i hate tiktok i'm that's, like what <laughs> that's like praise from caesar man it's like man dude i've been i watched you back in high school and now you're watching me <laughs> that's, that's so crazy <laughs> that's dope dude okay i I'm one of these guys that always thinks like, man, there's a lot of value in wrestling that we don't even get anymore and we don't see anymore. And I don't know why, but a guy like Paul London to me, like if I was starting an indie wrestling promotion today, he'd be like, like one of the first guys on my call list. Don't worry. Yep. You're on that list too, Mikey. But, <laughs> but Paul, like, cause he, he was a star, man. He was in the WWE. He held the tag team titles. Uh, he was an indie darling for a very long time. And then he just kind of fell off. And, and, you know, I'm sure there's some personal choices there, too. But um, right. he was – I always thought very highly of him. That shooting star press, amazing. Same here. And, uh, yeah, so when I, I pop for that because that's a guy that – not. I agree with you. He, he's a dude that I uh, I think is a very uh, 
I think he would be very useful in a pro wrestling company at this point. Like, yeah, especially in SoCal. Without question. He's like, like, he's so chill to talk to. Like, you know, don't, don't go out of your way to be a jerk to him. And he's super chill. Yeah. And, and that's what I hear about him too. He's a real cool guy, but that's awesome that he not only remembered being at your first match, but he also uh, was watching your TikToks. We'll get to your TikToks, man, because uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't need my help talking about TikTok. But God damn, man, that's such a you have. I we'll get to it. We'll get to TikTok. We'll get later. to it. We'll get to it. Uh, so your first match, I'm assuming you were training at uh, Battleground. Am I wrong? Yes. That's where you were training at. And that's in, like that's the, the first OC. wrestling school I ever found. A uh, funny thing how I found that was. Um, Charles Mercury at the same time was using the battleground ring at that dojo to do his own school. I forgot what he called it, but that's, I first found out about that location because of his MySpace. A friend of mine from YouTube back in the day sent me a link to a bunch of local Southern California wrestling schools because I knew nothing of independent wrestling. Yeah. And um, he showed me that MySpace account and Peter Avalon was on it, but he wasn't Peter Avalon. He was a, he, he, I don't know if he ever debuted as the character, but he had a mask over his face and he called himself, I think, Ultra 2000 or something like that. But that I digress. Um, it was Fighting it, Venus, I believe. But yes, okay, that yeah, Venus ring the bell, yes, Ven or um, Venus Fighting Athlete, I think is what it was called. Unfortunately, I never went to his actual school, but Battleground was doing it on the day I went there and I introduced myself and talked about it. That following Sunday, I began my journey. I, I I can tell you this: that Thursday, Friday, Saturday was the longest three days of my life because I was ready to just freaking go. So, <laughs> were, were, was this like right out of high school, or were you? No, I was two years in uh, community college at, at that okay. point. And, and the only reason why I asked is because I know you played football. So yeah. I was going to ask you: were you in football shape or not? Yeah, you know, it's funny, Pacifica, like, and this isn't your class, because obviously I'm a lot older than you, but in 97, we played against Pacifica, my high school, Mayfair, and, <laughs> and it was the worst, our, that's the worst game we played all year, it was the CIF finals, and we lost, and we're like, oh man, and we were, like, I didn't even play, but I, guess I, mean, I was on the sideline, huh? Against Pacifica? Yeah. That couldn't have been the finals, because we never won a finals at that, uh, we never won the CIF. Maybe it was like a semifinals, maybe. Yeah, probably. I mean, I mean, it's it's now like uh, some uh, almost thirty years in, away from me, so I don't really remember. Yeah, it's it's a funny little thing, though. I just made myself feel really old, Mikey. <laughs> I'm um, almost at the twenty year mark, so I feel you. Yeah, it hits different when you get to thirty, man. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, so. Who who else was in your class? Who was else training with you at Battleground? And who was your uh, main instructor? Was it Fob Dog? Food Dog, yeah. Food Dog, excuse me. Yeah, you know, that's um, the thing about, real quick, that's the thing about early internet. People don't know this. We would read names, and we just assume that's how you said it. Mm -hmm. I always thought it was Fob Dog, and I always thought it was Jif and not Gif and, and all I, these other things. If I found out about him online before I ever met him, I would have probably said the same thing. <laughs> Guilt, guilty as charged all right fair um, enough but yeah he was my first ever trainer and quite frankly i was so glad to have him as my first trainer um he was one one of the chillest guys i ever met god rest his soul um did he pass on 
he unfortunately passed away last year, days after my birthday in July. Oh man. I never found out how, but he did have a history of, um, uh, heart, heart failure. And, oh, uh, I, uh, he even suffered a stroke or a seizure. I forget, forgot which one, but, wow. um, he, uh, yeah, he barely just turned 50. Um, and, wow. uh, the, what the, when something like this happens, I try to think about like the last time I saw him and many times in 2021 and, and in 2020 and 2019, when I would go wrestle in Vegas because he resided in Vegas, um, the last couple of years of his life, he would come to the shows, watch me and the boys wrestle. And, uh, he always had a smile on his face. He was always there to help, uh, give everybody advice. And, um, till the day, till the last time I talked to him, he was always a happy guy. And, uh, I don't know how I hope it was quick and painless. That's all I could wish for. Yeah. But um he was uh he was a he, he was an amazing I consider him like a like an uncle kinda. So like uh, I just uh I can't can't think of him enough for bringing me into wrestling to being the first one. So yeah, yeah. man. Well that's but, uh, that, not that's trying a to be a downer, but yeah. No, but <laughs> but you know, you gotta let's take a second to give the dude his flowers. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you weren't the only person he coached in the world of professional wrestling. And in fact, he had a hand in a lot of guys. I never met him personally, but I only heard good things about him. So it's like, uh, this was news to me. I, I guess I did not hear that he passed away. So I'm kind of surprised, but you know, uh, uh, hopefully, like you said, it wasn't too, uh, awful. And, and uh, you know, that's all we could ever ask for, <laughs> uh, you know, condolences to his family and his friends, of course, but man, wow. Um, uh, but that's a part of life too. You know, that's a thing. Like yep. we all have, uh, we, we there, all of us have 24 hours in a day and, you know, we all get to decide how we're going to spend it, what we're going to focus our energy on. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, you're plugging away, you know, doing the wrestling, you know, being a wrestler, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and th- that's what you want to do, man. And I, I, not that I hope you go anywhere anytime soon, but you know, when the time comes, hopefully you'll have had that life where you're like, you know what? I did what I wanted to do. I lived by my own rules, and I think that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. I I I I made peace with, with it a long time ago. Uh oh. No, I'm still here. I just I wanted to get that mystique of you. <laughs> okay. Um, I made that piece a long time ago. Where um, you never know when your time is up in this world, and after what happened with the pandemic and all that, people passing away at such a young age. I try. I don't try to focus on like the future anymore. I try to think of the baby steps and what I got in front of me right now because I'm not looking to go anywhere anytime soon. Hopefully, I'm still here for a good four or five decades from now. But um, I try not to think about uh, walking on eggshells anymore. I just try to enjoy what I got in front of me, and you can't please everybody. So I only focus on the people that want to be in my life. And uh, people that, you know, don't want to be in my life, if you don't want to talk about it, no, no hard feelings. Best wishes on your future endeavors and uh, keep moving forward. That's all we can do. I, uh, I Similarly, and it took me a while to get there. Like, I, you, you've known me long enough. I'm a very positive person. I, mm-hmm. I very much eat, sleep, and breathe that whole PMA, the positive mental attitude. My thought is this, man. If you want to be a part of this, come step up and be a part of it. If you don't, there's the door. No hard mm-hmm. feelings. I have no patience for disrespect. Mm-hmm. And I have no patience for uh, ignorance. And if you're bringing that to the table, you got to go. Right, right, yeah. 
And the older yeah. I get, the easier it is to do that. Hey, hey, yeah, I, I don't like re repetitive uh, BS. No. <laughs> but uh, yeah, one noteworthy thing. Um, the, the first woman I ever trained with in professional wrestling was at Battleground. Uh, her name is uh, Ellen Degenerate, or her wrestling name. And now, unfortunately, she retired literally like two months before I had my first match. Now she's having a wonderful family with uh, Nick Jackson of the Young Bucks. Oh, wow. But, and there's, there's one thing I learned from her was um, never underestimate anybody in the ring. Yeah. Now, I wasn't trying to, but I was trying to, but I was like the typical guy that was raised by a good mom when I'm in the ring with her and I'm about to body slam her instead of actually giving her a body slam, I'm like grabbing her up here and gently putting her down. So what she did was she calmly placed her hand on my chest and pushed me over to the corner, gently pushed, put one of her other hands on my jaw and proceeded to forearm the crap out of my face and told me, don't ever take it easy on me again. You got it, Captain. No problem. <laughs> Lesson learned. Well, you know, okay, so I'm a dad, and I have three daughters, and you know that. Uh, I appreciate you, you know, trying to do what's best and, and be kind to a female performer, but at the same time, that's what they freaking signed up for, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, and, and uh, but man, that that's... Just I, like dodgeball. I, huh? <laughs> What'd you say? Just like dodgeball. Yeah. Um, when I go to, when I used to go to the trampoline parks, there's a kid section and an adult uh -huh. section. The kids want to go hang out with the adults at the dodgeball session. So I'm like, just so you know, you're coming in our territory. If you <laughs> if you duck and the ball hits you in the face, you can't cry. <laughs> if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> they just announced the sequel. Yes. Now, I, I heard Vaughn, Vince Vaughn's going to be back. And, uh, of course, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Why can't I think of anyone's names tonight? It's not, it's every night. Anyways, I want to know if Jason Bateman's going to be back on commentary as, uh, oh God, uh, <laughs> Trevor Parks. No, yeah, that I, wasn't it. Something, uh, something like that. Cotton, right? Anyways, fuck. I'm getting off subject here, Mikey. You're yeah, let no, you're letting right. me roll the train into the dirt. Let's talk about that class. You said Ellen DeGeneres was in your class. I actually remember hearing about her, and I remember I don't think I ever got to watch her wrestle, but that's I'm very happy that she, you know, uh, found a new life. But tell me about some of the other people that were in class with you. Um, the only other person, like there, there's many different others, like uh, um, a guy named Arizona who was the tag team of Ellen DeGeneres be uh, Degenerate because they were, um, I forgot their, their tag name, but they dressed up as classmates. Like they were going to school or whatnot. Okay. Um, another big guy named Roadhouse who was like my size, a little, a little older at the time. Um, that's the one thing I loved about professional wrestling. It doesn't matter how old you are. There's no deadline. If your body can handle it, if you got a passion for it, anybody can be a wrestler. He was, 34 35 at the time while i yeah. was 22 uh, 21 going to no 20 going into 21 um but anyways um another guy um who still wrestles partially at this point of his life um freddie helmuth who is still okay. one of my, my brothers today um he doesn't wrestle like he like he does uh anymore because he's now like starting to get he's now starting to get comfortable with his personal life. Um, if maybe he's, I don't know when he's going to finally stop, but 
I don't, I don't, maybe like five years from now, I'm not going to see him in the ring anymore. So when I, but um, he's the only guy left in the, the class I started with. And um, I was the last person to ever join battleground and graduate from battleground. So I was like the, 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 the last new kid they ever had. Wow. Um, but uh, another uh, a gentleman from who lives in San Francisco now, he was our high flyer named uh, Furikage. I thought he was like the coolest guy out of our group because he was such a good high flyer. Yeah. Um, but uh, unfortunately, right before, no, right after I made my debut, he gave he quit uh, wrestling too because he saw the movie The Wrestler and he saw how harsh the wrestling life could be, and that gave him like a a big a big uh, smack to the face to wake him up, and he's like. Yeah, I gotta get out of this because <laughs> he was probably he was uh, nervous about ending up like that one day. Yeah, so, um, well, in 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 somebody that you and I both mutually respect, and you actually had a couple of series of matches with, and I'm talking about Adam Pierce. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had famously said, "Like, look, you've only got so many bumps on that card, and when you're at your last, you know, your last notch on that card, you're done." And mm-hmm. I, you know, I have a lot of respect for that guy, as I know you do as well. Uh, of course. I kind of wish he just would give us that one more match, you know? Right, and right. They they teased it so hard with the whole Roman Reigns thing yes. about a year and a half ago. I'm like, it's wow, it's happening, but um, win, lose, or draw, I'd, I would I would mark the fuck out. And yeah, you know, because that's my guy, man. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, that was uh you know, everyone has that that limitation, and you're right, you can go as long as your body can hang. I mean Hell, I think DDP was in his late 30s when he started, you know, and he was world he, champion at 50. He's without a doubt one of the most inspirational wrestlers you could ever think about in professional wrestling. He he made it, he finally started becoming a wrestler, I believe, at the age of 35. Before that, he was just like a manager, yeah. uh, something like that. But he didn't, he became world heavyweight champion at the age of 41, 42, give or take. Um, that guy was, and, and it was actually cool to actually meet him because. Um, there was a seminar back in 2010 at the last minute at a wrestling school back in the day called Mach 1. And not only was he reasonably cheap for what he was charging, he was literally like one of the coolest people to like learn from because the first, it was like two hours. The first hour was talking about wrestling. Second hour, he actually did DDP yoga with us. And, um, he went out of his way to be helpful. Like I, like, if you said if I had any questions, just messaged him. And uh, that following fr- Friday, I wrestled at Mach One, and I and I gave him and I sh- gave him a link to the match, and he commented on the video saying uh, what I need to work on. And yeah, he was just DP, uh, freaking going out of his way to give me give me some helpful advice. Yeah, man, that's really cool. I in fact, Mach One is on my list of things to talk to you about because mm-hmm. um, that was uh, now now we still have it every now and then, but that was one of the places that did the weekly wrestling and they treated it. They treated it like a studio type wrestling environment. I love that little getup that uh, John Ian had. God rest his soul. God rest Uh, his soul. That place was so awesome. And and this was back when I was dirt poor. So I couldn't go to as many shows as I would have liked to, because literally it was like, you know, maybe four or five miles from where I lived. I would have gone way more if I could have afforded it. Uh, but like just looking back at those days and all the talent yeah. that went through that gymnasium, that uh, American Sports Center, uh, I, I still can I, I picture that building all the time, and and just remember the good memories that were there. You were one of the 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 guys that kind of broke in there 
uh, started to make your name there, Mikey Callahan, not this Mikey O'Shea fella. Uh, <laughs> that was my wrestling name, yeah. And you were sharing the ring with guys like uh, Brian Cage, Sean Ricker, Joey Ryan, before all the other stuff, uh, <laughs> Willie Mack. Uh, Eric uh, Watts. Hell TJ yeah, Perkins. Watts. TJ huh? Perkins. Yeah, Perkins was there. Hell yeah, uh, Kevin Martinson, Johnny Yuma. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we could keep going. Uh, uh, James freaking Morgan, one of my favorite people on the planet Earth. <laughs> Nick, Nick Madrid, another really good dude. Uh, I love gosh. that guy. I'm... There was there was a that was a great. I think that was a great time in SoCal. I think it was like really beneficial to a lot of the talent. I think in in retrospect, I think all of you guys benefited from that. But yeah, then, because like, we had a show, out. we had we had they had shows every week. Yeah. And, I, I I wish we had something like that still uh, where like it's mostly just for the talent to get right. to keep the rust off and learn how to uh, tell a story in front of a crowd, whether it's 10 people or sometimes we even have like a hundred people. Yeah. Um, it's a, it was a great place to practice wrestling. Like it's a TV show. Yeah. Um, and the best part of that was like, whether you're a newcomer, or a rusty veteran. Everybody in all different levels are going at it with each other, and we're all trying to get better together. And that's what I wish we still had today. Like you know, cheap tickets were cheap. Yeah, the talent was getting paid enough to get you know dinner that night, but it wasn't about like getting paid. It was just the experience. Yeah, and man, I just I wish we could find like a Tony Khan out here. <laughs> uh, and that game just give us that good old fashioned underground weekly show uh, again because there's so much talent out here now. Yeah, that you it, can do a weekly show with, you know, just have five or six matches a week with people that are looking to get better. The 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 dream of mine, uh, if you'll indulge me for a moment, is uh, I I work in the city of Colton, which is nowhere near you, but uh, it's like near San Bernardino. And mm-hmm. there used to be this old piano store there. It was huge. Pian- it was called the Piano Warehouse. It's huge. <laughs> and I envisioned a wrestleplex, a place mm-hmm. for people to train, a spot for a Hall of Fame, maybe mm-hmm. even like a little restaurant inside, like a fast food place. And that, yeah. uh, like an every Friday night wrestling. And Put it doesn't matter. Eighties and nineties arcade machines in there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Why not? Right. And then, and then the, uh, the, the idea that I always had is it wouldn't be a wrestling promotion as much as it would be a wrestling venue. Like I'm not going to book you guys. I'm going to say, Hey, I have these spots available. Who wants to show up? So if you want to have Richie Slade, the empire wrestling federation champion come in and he's going to wrestle Mikey O'Shea. I mean, I'm going to make sure you guys get compensated for your time, but it's not an EWF promotion. It's not a Mach mm-hmm. one promotion. It's, it's just the wrestleplex. Yeah. That was my dream. So if I win the lottery again, you'll be on the short list. I, I, um, it ain't about winning or losing. It's all about just having a good fight. Honestly. Yeah. Um, any rookie that any person that asks me like uh, what I need to know uh, when I get into wrestling, I tell them like when it comes to winning or losing, buddy, your first two or three years, you're going to lose more than you're going to win. It ain't about that. It's about the fight you leave in the ring. Now, if, if, if you if you go to a show and they job you out in 10 seconds, like every uh, uh, then that's different. Then, yeah, I can understand you being frustrated unless it's like WWE shows. And yeah, of course, you're going to job out in 10 seconds. You're still going to get paid. <laughs> You're still going to get paid a lot of money. You get to enjoy that catering. But, um, yeah, just 
uh, I'm not trying to repeat myself. It's all about the fight you leave in the ring. Because no matter what, the crowd's going to love you. The crowd, you can still get over with the crowd uh, so long as you leave it in the ring. Done. Shut up, Mikey. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, that's a that's a good thing to say. Again, this this is a podcast, uh, the sessions with Jake Cal. It's literally just us talking about wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have an agenda here. Like, hopefully I can help put you over and, and maybe a promoter might watch this and say, hey, that's a guy I'd like to use. Or maybe it's a fan out here who's never heard of you or seen you before but hey this guy seems pretty cool i'm gonna see what he's all about that's why like in the in the video description there's links to your merch store to all your social media that i know of um Thanks, i couldn't man. i couldn't find your only fans account but if you want to give it to me later i'll post it up um i dreamt what well, i you know i've had this idea one day that i'll make one and it'll just me being like at a uh, at a random place sitting at a picnic table and just eating lunch or dinner right in front of the camera. Like, like uh, just staring at them like this fully clothed. Dude, there's a market for that. I'm sure. I'm sure there you, is. Can find it. you can find anything, man. People make money. People, people will, will, will read the uh, read along Disney books uh, on OnlyFans, and people have a, uh, have a thing for that. So like anything's possible as, as Vince McMahon would say in the WWF, Anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation. Well, see, you're now you're just giving me inspiration to go forward with my Disney read-alongs. <laughs> I'll wear a nice daddy shirt and everything. It'll be great. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> let's let's move on away from that and go back to Mach wrestling. One wrestling. It was a great environment. Um, and in having that continuity, those days of consistently working, did you feel? I, I mean, I guess I already know the answer to this, but. I don't really need you to confirm it. That made you a better wrestler, right? Oh yeah, without question. Uh, um, being able to like perform every single week instead of once a month, um, yeah, it keeps the rust off and it makes you uh, find out what's what's good for you to use in the ring and what's not good for you to use in the ring. Like for example, my whole career in professional wrestling, I've never done a leg drop because I had that fear in the back of my mind that I'm going to accidentally smash my ass cheek on my <laughs> opponent's face or worse. And after seeing what Hulk Hogan went through with all those back surgeries, doing so many leg drops as a finish, yeah. I'm already like, like sometimes I do this, uh, the Baldo bomb, double choke lift, sit down power bomb. Yeah. And uh, it, my back isn't like, I don't, my back doesn't hurt, but sometimes when I do that move and when I get to the back and the adrenaline's gone, my back feels a little sore. So I'll just lay on my, I'll lay on my back and stretch it out. So like, those butt bumps in the ring are no joke. Like try to stay, try to stay away from doing that. Like when I see cruiserweight guys going up the top rope and doing like a, a leaping leg drop to the opponent, I'm like, bro, that looks cool, but your back is going to make you regret it later. So please be, be realistic with your bumps. I, uh, I went to a, uh, uh, Epic pro wrestling event, uh, back in February and it was juicy Fanu versus kid bandit. <laughs> and these guys held nothing back and did the craziest things I ever saw. And like, I don't know how either one of those guys walked away at the end of it, to be quite <laughs> honest. With you. And, and like props to you guys for doing that. But man, I'm just like, that doesn't look safe. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm more of an old school wrestling fan and, and, and everyone who knows me knows that I, you know, you mentioned your 
first and only PWG show was in 2008. Like I had already stopped watching PWG in 2000. I stopped in like 2006. Mm. Actually, no, no, 2005. So like right before, there, right before Super Dragon had the T-shirt. <laughs> Yeah, right. Right before Super Dragon stopped wrestling, really. Um, when when it, once once it moved to Reseda, I was kind of out. Like that's a far drive from Orange yeah. County. I wasn't about that life, and uh, you know that's when I also became a dad too. So it's like it kind of your priorities change, and you nice. know, take it off work on a Friday to go sit in line for two hours to watch a wrestling show that doesn't end till midnight or later. Yeah, I'm not about that. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of that. Um, but uh, you know, I. I have been a guy that's watched wrestling all over SoCal, you know, recently got to see you at one ring circus. Uh, have watched you at championship wrestling from Hollywood countless times. Uh, I've seen you wrestle at AWS. I know you've worked with shows at EWF. Uh, I, I mean, is there, a, is there an area in SoCal outside of PWG that you haven't worked? SoCal. Uh <sighs> I can't really say a, a, a wrestling promotion I haven't at least wrestled once for. Um, I, I I really don't know. Um, I've wrestled MPW. I wrestled Santino Brothers. I wrestled uh, uh, SoCal SoCal Pro Wrestling. Um, that was the I one that I thought. That was the one that I thought maybe you hadn't was SoCal Pro. I I, I tech oh, so I technically wrestled legitimately one time for them uh, at their dojo show uh, like I think it was February two thousand eighteen or something like that. Okay. Um, but uh, before that, I would wrestle at their facility because it was being rented out by uh, uh, an another group of people who I can't remember at the moment. But um, yeah, um, I guess technically I haven't wrestled yet for uh, Level Up at okay. uh, San Diego. Haven't wrestled for them yet. Um, or, uh, I guess Lucha Boom. <laughs> that's another, like, that's another one that, you know, if they were, if they knew what they were doing, they'd be on the horn with you because look, they use, uh, they, they use, uh, um, Biggie Biggs. I mean, it's not he like, looks, he looks amazing. <laughs> didn't they dress him up like an ab, uh, abuela, an abuelita, a grandma? I don't, I, don't, I don't know anything about that, but when I see the pictures, I'm like, wow. Where's Biggie? <laughs> yeah. No, and, and that's that's a that's a fun like I I have not gone to a Lucha Vavum show, but I've only heard good things about it where they blend, you know, all the exotic things of Lucha Libre with all the exotic things of Los Angeles. So it, it's one of those deals where like uh you you know you got to be open to some weird stuff, but like nothing too weird. Uh, but like yeah, I've I've only heard good things about that show. But let's talk I've, about I've wrestled for Freak Show. Um... I wrestle for a lot of comedy, like WPW wrestling pro wrestling. So like, I'm, I'm not used to, I'm not, uh, I'm not new to the whole, uh, 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 craziness. So I, I've, I've been there. Like I've wrestled Jesus Christ as Santa Claus, uh, <laughs> which you can find on YouTube, uh, freak show wrestling, January, 2015. Yeah. That, that was, uh, that was definitely a match to remember for sure. I'm going to have to go, uh, check that one out let's 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 go back in time a little bit though let's go to your debut at championship wrestling from hollywood you're no yeah. longer mikey callahan now mikey o'shea the little yeah. big brother of lucky o'shea who just kind of seemed to fall off the face of the earth you are hanging out with the happening joey ryan uh johnny good time what like th that was such a an odd pairing because at that, yeah. up to that point uh good time was. was a baby face with yuma uh, Joey was kind of the heel at that point, and and you were just 
a fresh face for the Hollywood crowd. Uh, and that was in Glendale, I believe. That's when you first yes. made your... Uh... It, we just... Um, so, Lucky was still there until January or February 2012. Her father passed away, and she just she was going through a lot of mental uh, problems, and she finally just had enough of wrestling altogether. So, she left, and from to this day, I still believe she's still doing uh, custom stuff, but that's about it. Always yeah. wish her the best. Um, can't thank her enough for being a sweetheart to me. Uh, but getting back on topic, um, her and Joey were like in a relationship for that one moment. So that's how I, I became aligned with Joey um, and became like the bodyguard. And then uh, I think I forgot what happened with Johnny Goodtime because he left for a second from Championship Wrestling, just like Joey did back in 2011. Yeah. Uh, but when he came back, they made him heal and uh, joined us and we just became a uh, free bird trio, I guess. And um, what I really appreciated about that time was I had a lot of chance to go out there and not wrestle, but be like, you know, their bodyguard, look after them, gave, yeah. gave me a chance to uh, show that I'm not just one dimensional, just a silent must uh, bodybuilder, oh, bodybuilder, <laughs> bodyguard guy. And, like, you know, anytime I, I hear something from the fans, I'll interact with them. Like, one of my favorite moments, um, they had a match against P.P. Ray. Yes. And the crowd was 50% uh, us, 50% P.P. Ray. Right. They are doing the, let's go, Joe, or, or uh, sorry, P.P. Ray, Joey Ryan. And, like, it ended with them saying, our team, Joey Ryan. And then it got quiet for like a brief moment. Like it was like an awkward silence. And I just looked at them. I'm like, we won. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I got over the crowd. Like I was just having fun with them. I would see somebody like have like a hat, like a um, sombrero hat on. And I would grab it and I would throw it down and like not really stop on it. But like it got, I, do, I would do a lot of heelish things, but not go way overboard with it. But like I, I would show them that I'm not just a silent big guy. Like I, I have a comedy side to myself. Um, it, they being in that faction and going out there with them while they're wrestling, it gave me that opportunity to show what I'm my personality. I I think your personality really started to shine once you actually uh, shedded from that group when you were detached from that group. That's when when Mikey O'Shea really kind of came into his own. I remember actually, and, and I don't know if you remember telling me this. I don't, maybe you do, maybe you don't. I don't know, but. Uh, I remember we did like a small, like two minute interview outside. Yeah, in in Glendale, I would uh, I was doing clips for a podcast that I was doing. You know how many years ago, and uh, we talked. And afterwards, you're like, "Wow, Jay, you're the first person to interview me." And I don't know <laughs> if you're saying that to pop me or or what, but I was like, "Oh, that's cool, man." And and I'm the whole time I'm thinking, "Man, that was like 20 years ago." No, that was like 11. That was 2012. Yeah, it was 11. Okay, but that was a long time ago. You know what? I, We're not that old yet, damn it. <laughs> bro, I feel so old. Well, cause you saw my kids, man. I've right, got right. a, I've got a, a nine, uh, my 18-year-old daughter will be 19 in August. 19? Lily. You remember my Lily? the My little girl that used to come with me to all the shows? Now she's going to be 19 in August. Oh, that's crazy. Right? She graduated high school last year. She's got a job. She's going to college. She's paying her own damn bills. I mean... That's and then, awesome. And then you saw my babies, like they're eight and ten now. So it's like, whew, man, I feel old. I feel old. But that's all right. You know, Real because uh, 
you know, I, I, I always think about legacy, right? What are we leaving mm-hmm. for our kids? What are we leaving for society, the world, all that stuff? And right. I, when, when, you know, you were mentioned about when your time comes, same thing for me, man. When my time comes, I know that I'm going to have, I know for a fact that I did what I could to help people. You know what right. I mean? And so like, uh, when, when, when I'm gone, I, I, I feel like I will have left the world a better place than when I came into it. But, um, so long as you keep acting like, so long as you keep being the person that you have been this whole time I've known you, yeah, I, uh, I have no doubt. You're gonna make me blush, dude. Um, <laughs> uh, but let's let's talk more about uh, championship wrestling from Hollywood. Uh, we, our, our pal Jeremy here in the chat brought it up earlier that he had just watched, and I'm gonna pull it up so we could show it. Uh, let's see. Let's see. He he just pulled up your fantastic match with Scrap Iron Adam Pierce in the cage match. That had to be one of the greatest uh, moments um, in your career in Hollywood, at least, because that that was the guy. He that's the world champion. And maybe he didn't have the belt when you guys were wrestling, but you sure in hell had a program with maybe the top guy in the area. Obviously, I mean, his career speaks for itself, and you he was putting you over in the ring, man. I mean. Tell me about that experience, which is uh, uh, which is absolutely um, shocking to me. Um, it was one of the most, without a doubt, one of the most important matches of my life. I, I never had a steel cage match before, so yeah. having the first time with, with somebody that caliber uh, speaks volumes. Um, he went out of his way to work a six month program with me from like April to November of 2014. Um, I wish I could say that was 100% one of the most happiest moments of my life. It was. And I love the match. Uh, Absolute professional from the beginning to the end. Unfortunately, that was the last time I wrestled for championship wrestling after that. That, So it was kind of bittersweet because I wish that wasn't the end, but something... uh, something happened that year where I was offered to do a gig somewhere else. And I had, which should have never been an ultimatum to begin with because it was some petty BS that wasn't, that had nothing to do with me or any of the other people that took the ultimatum as well. Yeah. But, um, that was the last time I wrestled for championship wrestling for a while. Yeah. And I wish it never, I wish it wasn't, I wish I was still wrestling for them to this day, but, Everything happens for a reason. The decision was mostly because I was just thinking about putting more food on the table. Oh, yeah, man. And, and, and as, as much as I love wrestling for Championship Wrestling Hollywood, it got to a point where I, w- I was just – I just passed my fifth year as a wrestler. And although I still – I didn't think I was going to like – you know, I didn't have any injuries. I didn't think I was going to retire anytime soon. I had to start thinking smart about putting my body on the line. Sure. And driving every other Sunday, two hundred miles for a twenty dollar bill wasn't really the smartest idea. I, I always, and again, you know, I'm a lot closer to the situation than I project here on the uh, on the on the channel. Like I, I know exactly what was going on, and it was stupid. Know, it was absolutely none of our fault that we should have, and it should have never been a, an ultimatum to begin with. No, and and I don't. I'll say this, man, and and I know Dave well enough to say this, that now he doesn't begrudge talent that works 
in places that he no longer has association with. You know what I mean? Like, you no, no, you like it wasn't necessarily him. It was right. the person that that gave us the ultimatum. Right, and and, and I just it, it, it there was no reason for that to happen. It created opportunity, though, and and I, I mean, I, you do have to acknowledge like there was a cost of doing business there, and it it alienated you from Hollywood, but it also opened up a lot of doors for you in the Pacific Northwest. It and did. I mean, specifically West Coast and I, wrestling and I, and connection. I'm, and, I'm and I'm grateful for it. Uh, right. I, I'm grateful to establish a fan base in the Northwest as well as Vegas because yeah. before that, I never had a chance to really go out there in Vegas and wrestle. But well, um, up, up until that point, you were mostly just a SoCal kid, right? Yep, absolutely. And, and I wrestled and, one time in Vegas before Paragon happened. Um, and it was a freak show match, and I wasn't even Mikey O'Shea. I had an Obama face oh. mask <laughs> dressed up like Dracula, taking on Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Amazing. But I mean, so let's get let's get into West Coast Wrestling Connection because obviously that is where a big part of your legacy lies. Um, there was that transitional period. Some of the guys from Hollywood came with you. I, I know yeah. Big Duke was there, but he was one of the guys that kind of found his way back to Hollywood. Um, I know that uh, I think Dan uh, Dan Joseph, yeah, Dan Joseph was there, but also came back. Uh, but there's a few guys who didn't, and and you guys had these opportunities. In Oregon, and, and you know, and before then, I mean, guys like Nick Madrid was up in Oregon all the time for yep. James for Morgan, uh, Ryan Taylor. They, yeah, they they did it before I ever, I ever did. Um, so like once, like once again, um, Morty, we'll call him Morty. That's he, fair. Shut up, Morty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he he was very generous, and uh, he treated us well. He paid for our travel, paid for our hotel. And paid us, a, you know, a decent amount to uh, wrestle for him. Yeah. Um, and and he was always. Did he make? Did did they make the best choices? Uh, when it came to the shows, no. Like some of the choices they made were kind of questionable, but it was a it was still a great show to work for. Yeah. And um, the four and a half years I've been there, especially for Paragon, those two years were some of the were were literally some memorable, day, memorable times of my career. Um, and I, and I became friends with so many people in the Northwest and, uh, I, I, I love them. Like, I wish they were my neighbor. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I mean, look, and, and I don't think anyone could really begrudge you for taking the opportunity again, putting money on your table. You, you are a professional wrestler. This mm -hmm. isn't a hobby. It's not a side gig. You mm -hmm. are a professional wrestler. So taking these opportunities, I mean, that's what it's all about. It's yeah. and, and you know we look back in the old days of the independent wrestling scene. That's what happened all the time. People would yeah. go to a territory, would be there for a year or two, either wear out their welcome or just couldn't get over, and then we go to the next territory. And and you know, famously, Freddie Blassie would wrestle in California as uh, as a, a heel. He would just absolute worst piece of dog shit. Old ladies would try to stab him with pens. I mean, this guy got so much heat. And then he'd go to Atlanta, and they would revere him in Atlanta. And he was this huge baby face. And then, you know, in like another couple of years, he'd be back in L.A. And guess what? The fans love this guy. And that's how it used to work. <laughs> and, and so, like, for me, it's like, that's how it should still be. Like, obviously, the wrestling business 
um, you know, is, is held up by like three or four promotions, but there's wrestling happening everywhere. Mm-hmm. It, it should be, it should be very easy for a talent. I said, should be yeah, for right, a talent right. like you to go, Hey, I'm going to go to Oregon for the next, you know, four months. Mm-hmm. Wear out my welcome, have these people hate me. And then I'm going to go to Vegas for the next four months and, and see how I can get over there. And at the mm-hmm. same time, it should be more than, you know, one day a week too, but uh, you know, that's how it should be, but you know, one day, one day maybe we'll get there again. But um, the only reason for you to ever work for just one company is if they're paying you a a, a shit ton of money, a salary, a you, living wage. Yeah, a salary. <laughs> like, like, look, it, it it should beg to reason that if the promotion that's paying you isn't paying you a full time salary, then yeah. you're only obligated to work for them in the hours that they that you're supposed to be there. And yeah. like even a pro, even a promotion like the NWA, a promotion that I I still promote and and talk about all the time. There's some of the talents that aren't under contract. Some of them have certain dates that are working with the NWA, and when they're not working for the NWA, they can't go work somewhere else. Yep. And and I don't see a problem with that personally. Right. You know, but like you said, um, so let's talk about your time in in Oregon uh, again. You you got to share the ring with. Uh, with Gangrel, you guys were tag team champions. That was uh, I, that was incredible. Didn't you also hold the titles with Caleb Conley as well? For one, okay, on on TV, technically one week. <laughs> on the day of, literally like an hour. <laughs> but, That's how it yeah, happened. We were tag team champions for a short minute, but yeah, that dude, um, he was so chill. Um, yeah. After we tagged, teamed it up. He turned heel not long after that and won the uh, uh, WCWC Legacy title, which was like the Intercontinental title of the company. Yeah. And um, we had like a good a couple of months wrestling back and forth with each other. And finally, in July of 2015, I took it from him. Yeah. Um, so easy to work with. Um, feels like a backpack on my shoulder. So, like, I love <laughs> wrestling cruiserweights because I can show how quick I could be just like them. And yeah. I can just throw, throw them around easier than they can throw me around. <laughs> but True. um yeah, but you also Conley. have to be you also have to be a good base for that too. Like they, right. they can't do their moves unless you can support them doing their moves. So right, right, of course. It's a give and take relationship for sure. Um out of but like Matt Stryker was also there. Yeah. And um I kid you not, he is legit one of the easiest dudes I've ever worked because he's all about saving them bumps. Yeah. At one point we did um a best of seven, I think a best of five at a Salem house show. And we did like one bump the entire match. Uh, uh, headlocks and arm drags or what? No, um, it was goofy. The first fall was uh, musical chairs. <laughs> and I won that. Second, third fall was uh, karaoke and stand up comedy, which he was better than me at. And then the fourth one, I believe, was arm wrestling. I won that. Then the fifth one was a body slam challenge. And when I finally got that body slam, the crowd freaking erupted like I just won the heavyweight title. Sure. <laughs> sure. He he's a he's a like he's a very smart guy. Um, it, it's more than just moves to tell a good story in a professional oh, yeah. wrestling match. To me, at least, I can't speak for everybody, but to me. Your personality and your character will always be your primary weapon 
in professional yeah. wrestling. That's your machine gun. And I can't speak for AEW, but WWE, that's all they're really going to care about. How much money they can make off your catchphrases, your personality, and your character. Your moveset, while fantastic bonus, if you, if you got a great moveset, will always be your handgun. That will always be your secondary weapon. The, the thing about... Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, is he did not start making money for the company until it was no, 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 yes, yeah. And once that happened, once he connected to the audience, that's when they were able to take the chains off and say, yeah, we're going to push this guy to the moon. But until that happened, I mean, there was a whole lot of nothing. And I I love Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson. I'll call him Bryan. His mama call him Bryan Danielson. I'm going to call him Bryan Danielson. Um He's the guy to me is one of the greatest wrestlers, will be one of the greatest of all time. Yes, but, like he never made money until his character caught up to his ability. Mm-hmm. And and I think in wrestling, you need to have that ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like and I always say this too about wrestling, like everybody has a different flavor, right? Like, right. I don't I don't like hardcore wrestling. I don't like light tubes. I don't like staple guns or weed whackers or any of that <laughs> shit. Like that's not yeah. for me. But I get that there's a market for it. So if, if mm-hmm. that's something that somebody enjoys, hey, you can go watch GCW. They'll give you that. Yeah. For me, that's not where I'm at. I you know, I prefer more like the studio style wrestling like Dave Marquez does or the NWA does or you know, that's kind of more my wheelhouse. I like the independent shows where you see a menagerie of talent like one Ring Circus, uh, they had, you know, you and, and Matthias, and, mm-hmm. which is a very Americanized wrestling match. But then we had Ruben Iglesias and SoCal Crazy, very much a lucha match. Mm-hmm. And there was equal parts insanity all over that card. I mean, uh, 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 another good example of that was AWS used to do that. They had oh, like yeah. a variety of kinds, like American wrestling, lucha, hardcore, uh, women's. Um, I, I, I believe it or not, actually love shows like that where it's different kinds of, of ice cream flavors, um, not just one flavor. You can't you can't make money with vanilla. No, not, you I, can't I, make I, money with just vanilla. You can make money with vanilla, but you got to offer me some chocolate syrup and some nuts <laughs> and some whipped cream and throw a cherry on top. I mean, give me more. You can like, that could be the centerpiece, right? You can give uh-huh. me a bowl of, of vanilla ice cream. But you got to put some side salad to it, you know—not salad, obviously, but side, side salad. Side salad with ice cream? What the? What's wrong with you? Lots <laughs> of things, Mikey. Lots of things. I'm a wrestler. We're, we, there's a lot of things wrong with us. Um, um, death matches, death matches, and all that. Like I love watching it, and I respect anyone that goes through that. But I said to myself a long time ago because I get these questions a lot when they ask me on TikTok if I'm ever going to do a death match. The money's really got to be worth it, and they got to take care of my hospital bill if I got to go there, because I I ain't doing it for anything less. One of my favorite people on this planet is Ruby Rays. Mm-hmm. She's a badass. Mm-hmm. She's the uh, the Chikonga, whatever. I can't say it. I, I don't have that. The what? The Chikonga or something like that. I don't know. I don't want to get in trouble. Maybe <laughs> I'm just gonna say she's a badass chick, right? Mm-hmm. I talked to her one time after a Hollywood show as the pay-per-view is the primetime live United wrestling network. And we're just sitting back talking and she goes, well, I got to go. I have an early morning tomorrow. I'm like, well, what's going on tomorrow? She goes, well, I have the death match. The Santinos were doing death matches. I'm like, how do you prepare (laughs) for that? How do you, how do you psych yourself up to let someone cut you open? And she's like, it's just like anything else. You just, you know, just get your mind for it. And I'm like, okay, 
from 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 my experience, not doing death matches, but but about to like bleed out there. Yeah, uh, just some Advil and a beer. That's what the fuck she said too, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it helps you relax more. And and from what I've been told, Advil makes the blood flow down a lot easier. Yeah, any any kind of uh, pain relief is usually like a blood thinner. So like, yeah, that that makes sense. I you know I told you I I needed at least an hour from you, and you've you've been very kind to give me that time. If yeah. you are able to hang out a little bit longer, we could talk a little bit more. If you need to go, we could wrap things up. You tell me let's where you're going. At. Let's keep so going. Let's, let's talk about Paragon Pro Wrestling because that was kind of the biggest spotlight. I feel like you had. They were try, they were on Pop TV for a minute before Impact got on there. That was for a short while. That was a very bright spot in the career of Mikey O'Shea. Yeah. And it, it, it was basically from the same people that were doing WCWC. It was just more more money, more spotlight, more mm-hmm. pizzazz. Tell me about your time with Paragon Pro. Exactly the same pro- uh, production people, exactly the same people behind the scenes. Um, just a few other uh, people from Vegas like D'Lo Brown and uh, Gangrel being agents, um, Matt Stryker being an agent. Um, but, yeah, pretty much the same thing. Um at that time period, I actually you, it actually gave you like a little taste of what it feels like to be like a WWE wrestler, and by that I mean traveling. Um, yeah. At one point, from like a year and a half, I was traveling from California to Oregon on a Friday, doing WCWC TV taping Saturday in Portland, doing a house show in Salem, going from Oregon to Vegas Monday, doing the television tapings of Paragon Tuesday in Vegas, then finally flying back home on a Wednesday. Like kind of like how WWE would do it back in the day before SmackDown went to Fridays, right? Right. Um, so it those were always like a fun adventure for me. Um, any match they gave me, I tried to make the best out of it, and for the most part, I enjoyed myself. Whether I win or lose, I was just thankful to win a couple of titles on the way. Paragon, I always say like we were the because like we were there on Pop TV for a short minute before uh, they kicked us out for Impact Wrestling. Um, don't know the reason behind it, but that's how pretty much that, that, that's pretty much what happened. Um, I felt like we were like the ECW of TNN before impact took over pop TV. Um, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I thought we were doing good. Like, um, they put us, they, they put us on a weird uh, time slot. I think it was like eight o'clock in the morning on a Saturday or something like that. Yeah. So like, I was keeping my eyes on the ratings. The first rating, we probably got like five to 10,000 viewers. But we were slowly climbing. By the last show they aired, we were up like in the 60, 65,000 people mark. Um, and I guess I, I don't know exactly what happened, but it just, the bit like they just, uh, they, they couldn't coexist anymore. And the company uh, got kicked off of Pop TV. Then we just stayed on Fight TV before. From my understanding, they just ran out of money. Yeah, uh, that's kind of what I heard too. And 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 the thing about it is, and this, I'm sure you've seen it because you you've experienced it with Paragon. But there always seems that every couple of years that there's a couple of guys that you know rub some pennies together, all of a sudden have all this money to spend in wrestling. Um, the most recent one I can remember was uh, uh, Ring Warriors, which had a history uh, with the NWA, and Ring, Ring Warriors. Warriors yeah. Ring Warriors again. A lot of great talent, like amazing talent. I'm talking Austin Aries, and and uh, they had uh, 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 Eli Drake, Sean Ricker, you know, L.A. Knight, whatever you want to call him. They had 
Caleb Conley. They had uh, a lot of great talent on these cards. Uh, Hammerstone, shit, man. And, yep. uh, you know, but again, they, they were the going to be on. Same location, too. Samstown. Yeah. We call that Slamstown in this house, buddy. And wow. they were uh, they were on WGN. I mean, it was on like a, a, a network, but they just didn't have the gas. They didn't have the juice to keep going. And, and which that to me just kind of reaffirms that whatever Dave Marquez has been doing for the last 15 years, nearly 20 years. I mean, at first it was the New Japan USA shows that those turned into the NWA pro wrestling shows. And then those became championship wrestling from Hollywood. I mean, 20 years in, in this market, like he's not even on LA TV right now. They're, those shows are being produced basically for YouTube and whatever affiliates they have out there uh, across the country. But uh, longevity, man, he's still on TV. And uh, you recently made a return there. I, I mean, I got to see you. Uh, a couple of times you, you wrestled B-Boy, I think, most recently there, right? Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, 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 so I, I try I to go back there every now and then, like 2017, then 2019. I was trying – I was really trying to come back. And then the pandemic – we were like I was about to start something with uh, Anthony Idol literally a week before – That would like, be great. A, uh, a week after that the last program – last episode aired – with me and uh, Frankie Frank, the shutdown happened. COVID happened. And uh, when, when they finally uh, were starting to do shows again, I just never got the call. I was out. So, like, I just made peace a long time ago. I thought, like, I just wasn't uh, ever. Ever since that whole thing happened, when I left Championship Wrestling in 2014, I always felt like there was some. Uh, uh, bad blood, animosity. Bitterness. Bitterness? B- bitterness or bad blood. I don't know. Um, but, um, so when I tried to come back, I tried to come back, but eventually I just, they just, uh, would never get back to me when I tried to reach out. I do, re- into- Go I ahead. do recall, I was there in 2019, I think when you made your return. Yeah. Uh, and you were in that triple threat match with, uh, Steve Tassaro and I don't remember the other guy. And that was a lot of fun. It was a fun match. It was a fun Mikey match. And it was, uh, it was. I felt like that match was built to, to like make you look good. And the, the funny thing was, if I could, <laughs> the funny thing was, it was supposed to be evenly matched back and forth. Sure. But, and I, I insisted, like, I was trying to tell, okay, what do you want to get him? What do you want to get him? But Steven Tesaro and uh, the other gentleman, oh my God, I can't remember his name myself now. But um, they were insisted on just making me throw them around. Right. And yeah, it ended, it ended up me just. Uh, uh, beating the crap out of them, and, and I digress. It, it 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 was supposed to be evenly matched, but it just ended up me being th- uh, be, doing a bunch of things to them. Kita um, Murray, Kita Murray, Kita, yeah, he's on New Japan Pro Wrestling. Strong, uh, great guy. Um, that after the pandemic happened, I just never got the call again, and I made peace along. I made peace at that point where I'm like, okay, maybe they just, maybe, I, I I maybe they just don't want me anymore, and that's fine. I, I'm at that age now where I can't stop worrying about so many things. If if they want me back, they'll reach out to me. If not, no hard feelings. Yeah. And to my absolute shock, around late October of last year, I got a message from them. And it, it absolutely shocked me. And uh, I'm not afraid to tell you that when I got that message to come back, I actually – I was working. I was in my work van. I got a message on Facebook. 
I literally like stopped my car and I literally shed shed a couple of tears because I'm like, oh god, this is the first time they actually reached out to me instead of me reaching out to them, and like I don't know how long. So that meant a lot to me. So when I got there on the show, um, I didn't know what to expect. Everybody there made me feel like I never left. When I went when I went through the curtain and I'm about to get in the ring, the crowd made me feel like I never left. So it was. I, I wish I could have been my funny comedy Mikey high energy self, but I was just going through so much in the head at that moment that I was shocked of everything happening. I was just so happy to be back. <laughs> that, that's um, awesome, man. That's that's a great story. So um, I haven't uh it's been it's been a little bit again, but um I still kept in touch with them and they're just we're just waiting for the right time for me to come back. Yeah. If it happens, cool. If not, I'm just, I was just happy to get that. That the, the fact that they reached out to me instead of me reaching out to them, that meant a lot to me. Yeah. And, and, and the thing about, um, you know, and, and you know, this in the world of wrestling, it's like uh, they, everyone's got a plan and everyone's, you know, especially with Hollywood, they're scripting TV months and months out. So I, if I were, you know, if I, if I could give you some brotherly advice, I'd say don't take anything personal from them, but no, uh, no, 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 no. They, 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 we talk, we talk uh, via email. That's cool, man. That's good to hear. Um, so again, I, uh, I, I've become a, a big Mikey O'Shea fan, uh, over the years. I I've enjoyed you as a wrestler, but it just seems like you really have a knack for this TikTok shit, man. <laughs> I, I, I remember sitting there getting on TikTok, and I'm thinking like, what am I, what am I going to do on this thing? Like, this isn't for me. I'm not a hot chick. I don't dance, you know. I don't shake it. I talk wrestling, and I, you know, and I, and I'm so niche, right? I'm not talking about what happened on Monday Night Raw or on, you know, you know, uh, whatever Wednesday's Dynamite. I, I don't care less about that. I'm talking about independence. I'm talking about NWA. I'm talking about championship wrestling. And uh, so, I, as I'm scrolling through, like I do, I see you on there. And I watch a couple of your lives and, you know, we, you're always so nice. Hey Jay, how are you doing? How's the family? Always really, really cool. Mm. And then I shut up and I just watch mm-hmm. and the hilarity <laughs> that ensues. Sometimes I, sometimes I don't even think you're trying. Sometimes I just think it's coming out of your mouth. Cause that's just who you are mm-hmm. and the way that it hits. Um, the, 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 the title of this podcast today is the element of surprise (laughs) let's talk about how this came because you know what before besides just watching you live and doing these these silly like you know debates where you're not even talking you're just a freeze frame um, what i started catching you and 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 my wife you know michelle she got pissed off because one of your videos ended up on her on her timeline somehow and she's like, I really wanted to see what Mikey was going to say or what was going to happen. And then he comes out with element of surprise. And like, I'm like, I wanted to see what was going to happen. Let's talk about the element of surprise. What, how'd that come up? How'd that come up? How'd so come um, up? all the things that have been a blessing of me doing TikTok things is it really helped me like the best, you know how Brian Danielson got over with the yes and no, no stuff. Um, the best, the best things okay try to speak english here <laughs> your greatest success when it comes to personality and characters and wrestling is just by pure accident like with brian danielson getting over with the yes no chant 
TikTok, like, I accidentally found my catchphrases, finally, for <laughs> professional wrestling. Like, I would say things, and if it, and, and people, it would catch on. So, I was at one point doing this thing called TikTok, a family app, because... <laughs> I was fighting with the community guidelines like crazy. It's a, it's very double standard. You'll catch, you'll see a woman with wearing nothing but a thong twerking in front of the camera, like close up like this, where you're like this close away from seeing more things than just, you know, (laughs) the butt cheeks. And then you'll get a guy like making a video in a tank top band. Like they're, they don't, they don't, follow their community guidelines it's very double standard um so one time i came across this video where this lady was like this i can say i can say i can i can okay just want to make sure i came across the video online where this video was in the car saying it's 2021 so i think we finally got over the taste of our own cum right and when i saw i'm like tiktok a family app ding so I started doing those kind of videos. Um, so finally, a year and a half later, I'm doing another family app video. And sometimes followers, fans will t- will green screen my video, freeze me, pop up and go, it's my turn now. TikTok, a family. And I just, just for shits and giggles, I pot, I froze him. And I'm like, I'll miss the prize, bam. And <laughs> it was just going to be a one-off thing. But that video got a million views and like a hundred video responses. Wow. So I would just keep on going like a domino effect. Another video would green screen me doing that green screen of that person. And I would screen screen them and so on and so forth. You just keep doing dueling back and forth. And <laughs> the element of surprise pretty much became my most success in, on TikTok. Because I, at that point, I had a little over 200,000 followers. Thank God. And then when I did those Element of Surprise videos, I went from 200,000 to now 700,000 wow. in a span of six months. Unfortunately, it kind of slowed down a little bit because now the algorithm's kind of like messing with me. But yeah, the Element of Surprise <laughs> became my personality in professional wrestling now. Like, dude, you got to do, you got to have a wrestling move that's like an Element of Surprise. And instantly, I just thought of Randy Orton. From out of nowhere. It's the perfect move to go about it. Jump up and say Elma Surprise. Boom, cutter. And you did that for us in uh in San Diego at One Ring Circus. I, I don't know if you were aware of it, but I, I went on TikTok Live and had your whole match up there. And now I don't I didn't know you go I didn't know you went live. Yeah, I went live. And I don't have like the following that you have, sir. Like you're like, hi, you know, I got seven hundred fifty thousand. I'm like, man, I got I got a thousand. I can go live. Right. Um, yeah. Once, yeah. Once you get over a thousand followers, you can go live. But, uh, but like one person came on and it was like, how much have I missed? And I go, it just started. You know what I'm typing? And like, well, has he been wrestling all night? This is his only match. You know, like, <laughs> all right, cool. Uh, and then like when you did the element of surprise, I'm sitting there holding the phone and I popped like quietly, like, yeah. <laughs> I do it whenever I can, if it makes sense, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, of course. Like you don't, you don't want to be a gimmick, right? You want to have a gimmick. You don't want to be a gimmick. And, yeah, yeah. And there, there's a difference. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. 
Oh yes, that's, you 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 were listening during those pep uh, talks in uh, in football in your athletic director, right? That's, yeah. that's what our athletic director said. said oh no, he, I got that from uh, Jack Nicholson in Departed. That's oh. the first thing. That's the first thing he said in the very beginning of the movie. All right, I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch it because I, I I guess I let that one slip. But my athletic director in high school said, "Hey, you want to have character? You don't want to be a character." And I was like. Right yeah. now, I don't um, want to be a character. If you got any, if you want anyone to blame for my TikTok videos, ladies and gentlemen, blame Holston Body. <laughs> it's him, because huh? I was going through a bit of a depression at the end of 2019, and being the awesome person that he is, he reached out to me to try and cheer me up. He said, "Hey, download TikTok; it'll make you laugh." Because he was making, he still is making videos to this day. Yeah, and. I was very anti to TikTok at the time because I was so sick and tired of seeing the ads on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all that. Sure. Where I didn't give it the, the a chance. Right. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I downloaded it. I started watching videos. I'm like, oh, okay, this is kind of funny. Then I have two cousins of mine who actually do make videos on there uh, with puppets. And uh, they had over 200,000 followers. I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. I started uploading a bunch of my wrestling stuff and Got my first thousand in seven months and went on from there. And and because of the pandemic, I had a lot of time to kill because <laughs> during the pandemic, I got furloughed from both my jobs and had like a six month vacation. So I had a lot of time to kill. Damn. And, uh, but I actually didn't start like getting a little viral. until after I went back to work because I got my first viral video, like around October of 2020. And um, the thing about, if I can give you any piece of advice, guys, the thing about getting viral on TikTok is um, it's cool. It, it's awesome when it happens, but it's like a chain lift at a roller coaster. Eventually, you're, you're gonna, you're, your cart's going to get off the chain lift, and then you're going to be stuck on purgatory again until you find another chain lift. But it will come. You just got to make sure that whatever you're doing on TikTok or any social media platform, just make sure whatever you're doing, you're having fun. Right. I know it sounds cliche, but that's the God honest truth. Don't make it feel like it's an obligation. Don't make it feel like it's a chore. Don't make it feel like, oh, God, I have to post something once a day because you're going to burn yourself out. Well, now you're talking about my social media engagement. I got to do it, man. I got to put something up every time. Because that's Um, exactly what I – so before I even trained to be a wrestler, I did some YouTube stuff back in the day. I was a YouTube – what do they call them back in the day? A YouTube wrestling mark back in the day. Okay. Um, and I would talk about wrestling. And then when I finally trained to be a wrestler, I finally learned, oh, God, if I want to make it somewhere, I got to shut my mouth and open my ears. So my YouTube days have to be over. Then as time went on, and I see a lot of people like you know acting like me when I was back on YouTube, and they're still getting opportunities after opportunities. I'm like, okay, so it's kind of an open book a little bit more now. I think I, things have changed quite a bit, even in the last, like I want to say, five years. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, the business has been never more exposed than it is now. Yeah, but I don't think it matters anymore. I don't think the audience cares anymore. We're done pretending like it's real. We're just gonna like accept it for what it is and enjoy it. And, and let me rephrase that term because I don't even like it when people say that. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're not gonna pretend like it's not scripted. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna pretend like it's not entertainment. Mm-hmm. There's still a very real element of professional wrestling, and I do believe that. But yeah. uh, I mean, we all know that results are predetermined. But yeah. what we do enjoy about it is the sportsmanship the storytelling and that didn't change 
from 1970 and 1986 with Ric Flair to to now with Roman Reigns. It's still storytelling. And like the a better TV show. That, yeah. It's like Game of Thrones, Sons yeah. of Anarchy, those yes. popular, emotionally epic shows that people are like, oh, God, I can't wait for the next season. We do it all year long. <laughs> okay, not us, but like we try. Mikey, not WWE, sadly. Mikey, I am so happy that we had this conversation, man. It was long overdue. I, I could probably talk to you for another hour and a half, but I uh, I can't do that to you. I know yeah. you got things to do. You need to go on uh, TikTok Live. You got an audience waiting for you there. Gotta I do go want make to ask one of the more entitled spammers or scammers. Sorry, entitled scammers. Tap, tap the screen. Tap the screen. Tap okay, the screen. yeah, guys. Any of you out there that are gonna ever go live on TikTok? I'm just gonna tell you right here, right now. Ninety-eight percent of the time, the people that ran some random stranger invites you to co-host with them, they don't care about you. They don't actually want to get to know you. <laughs> they might say, hi, how you doing? But mostly they just want to challenge you to a match. And the moment you accept that match, get ready for this. Okay, guys, double tap the screen, guys. Double tap the screen. We can't let them beat us, okay? Double tap the screen. Double tap the screen, everybody. And when you try to have a conversation with them, they'll be like, uh, they'll just pretend like you're not there. Just mute you. It's, it's, it's great. Hence why I do this. I thought that's how you're gonna start the podcast today. Actually, I thought you're just gonna freeze up like that. Sorry. <laughs> have you, have, without giving me details, have you made any decent money doing TikTok, or is it mostly just the notoriety? No, I made some decent money on TikTok. Nice, brother. Nice. Can't, can't complain. Can't complain. Um, that look, you just popped me right there. That's what I'm. I'm so happy to hear that. Like I, I don't. Ex- I go in and expecting nothing, and if anything happens, I'm very grateful. I don't. I, I like. I. I can't. I can't, even though I'm pretty sure if I tried, I would make even more money on TikTok. I can't go down that level and be a, be a, be, be a, be a, uh, a f- f- phony. I can't, yeah, I can't, no. I can't act like that. I don't I think, can't act I think like an animatronic. I think if you started doing that, I think that would diminish what you have. And I think that yeah. would hurt you in the long run. Oh because yeah. Part of what's so refreshing about when someone's, happens to scroll down your page and you show up on their for you page. Right. It's like, Oh, this isn't what I'm used to seeing on here. Uh, and, 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 you know, it's not a girl dancing and it's not somebody's comic book theory. Like for me, what I get is like how to do stuff and like comic book stuff, you know, and, and wrestling. And that's it. Cause that's all I'm kind of scrolling through and watching. So when you pop up on somebody's screen, you're giving them something else, something different. And the, the key word is authenticity. Like that's you, man. That's you. I know you, Mikey. I've known you for like uh, eleven years now. Uh, yep. I think I could say like you're not. Maybe your volume is a little bit louder because you're being on a camera. But other than that, that's you. And I think that's yeah. a that's a huge compliment to your character. And I think it's a huge compliment to what you're doing on TikTok. Don't stop, man. Don't ever stop. No, but also know. start putting your stuff on YouTube as well, so you can get monetized there as well, buddy. I have been doing uh, every once in a while, but Instagram's been blowing up now. I getting pay- are you getting paid on that though? No, I'm not getting paid on it um, because I'm making some good coin on TikTok. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just focusing on building up the the following on Instagram because um, you should look into Clapper as well. I do. I got Clapper. Oh, good for you. Good for you. And another one called uh, it's it's brand new, Likey, L I K E E E. Mikey a, Likey. Mikey <laughs> Likey, right? <laughs> Please, please use that. No, you don't have to. You don't have to pay me nothing. It's yours. It's, it's a gift. 
<laughs> thank you so much. It was an honor to be here to finally have a good conversation with you like this. And uh, thank you for always being a, a good friend, buddy. Yeah, man. I, I really appreciate your time. Uh, you have a good one. Uh, I'll see you soon at the matches. And uh, uh, real quick, give a shout out. Where can people follow you? Uh, everything's in the in the link description, but tell people where yeah. you're at. Likey and everything. TikTok, Mikey O'Shea 87. Instagram, Mikey underscore O'Shea 87. I do have a Twitter, MB Wrestler 87. It's also my name on YouTube. Uh, I don't really go on Twitter that much unless I'm like sharing something from Instagram. I tweet every now and then, but Twitter's not usually my thing. Uh, Facebook, d- don't bother. I still have <laughs> I still have Facebook, but I can tell you like personally, I I I can't stand Facebook anymore. Um, I'll post there every now and then, but it's mostly just like personal. Like if you if you if you send me a friend request, I'm not going to accept it with all due respect. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram, no TikTok, and Twitter. That's where you can find me. That's right. All right, Mikey. And then a pro wrestling tease. What's that? What's that link? Oh, sorry. Uh, actually, let me grab it real quick. Uh, how to, uh, it's Mike. It's Mikey O'Shea. But there it is. I, but uh, let me see. Uh, it's in the video description. If you go and look at the video yeah. description, it's there. So. Buy my shirts. Help me put my imaginary kids to college. <laughs> Mikey, it was a pleasure, man. We'll see you soon. And until next time, we'll see you guys at the matches. Thanks for joining the stream. This has been a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you'll never miss a future episode? I'd also like to remind you we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. before NWA Power. You can find us on social media at The Alliance Blog. And until next time, we are The Alliance.